Good morning. It is Monday, February 7th, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last checked in, which was just last Thursday, so that we could get caught up on a bunch of issues, uh, the Olympics in Beijing have officially started. The rally in soybeans and soybean meal not only continued, they accelerated. March beans gapped higher in the overnight session. Corn and wheat futures also trading higher this morning. Midwest is looking at a seasonal week weather-wise, while dry areas of Argentina and Brazil are expected to remain dry and get drier in the week ahead. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory, and that is pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, and that dry weather in Brazil, Chip, was likely the reason behind uh, that big unknown destination sale with most people think is China, 507,000 tons today from USDA, Chip. Yeah, of beans. Yeah, of beans, old and new crop on old that, and Jim. new, ha- half and half. Half. And See, half. this all gets down to the timing, doesn't it? Because yes. the big concern is when they looked at the supplies that were coming out of Brazil after a short crop last year, they got into into that June July window where there really wasn't any soybeans left available out of uh, South America, and that may into June period. Well, the June period is when we put the, put in the old contract highs up around uh, six. Yeah. in the $16 area. So there's, um, there's a lot of concern over the supply of soybeans and what it's going to be going forward, Jim, no question about it. We have this, this is going to be the acreage battle that we've talked about Chip, because you need the beans and you need the corn because, so it's going to be a wrestle. And and if just do the math and we we could have to price ration and boy, that's an explosive situation then. Certainly is. Certainly is. You know, the number that I'm hearing now, Jim is 91 million at a record corn yield. Uh, so 91 million planted corn acres. You harvest the traditional harvested acreage percent, 91 and a half, 92 percent, something like that. But you got to have a 179 for a national average corn yield yeah. to keep supplies from getting too tight on corn. If you don't have at least 91 million and a record corn yield, we, <laughs> I don't know where we're going, man. Yeah, this is why people are who do the math are saying buy the brakes, you know, and we're going to have a relatively firm going into. And, you know, the spring planting season, the two season, too much rain, too little rain, too much heat, too little heat. We've got to go through that, too. So we've got several months here of very volatile, uh, you, you Marcus, not only the weather and acreage front, but on the geopolitical front. Exactly. Exactly. And we can't forget that what probably 40% of the safrina corn crop in Brazil has been planted. They've still got a lot of, a lot to go there and um, a full growing season for that corn crop. That's going to be really important to the, to the global supplies. Okay. Uh, geopolitical tensions. They continued over the weekend. There's uh, I don't know where to go. Do, the, 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 the bad thing is Jim, if, we're trying to decide whether we should go to Russia or go to China first, but the, unfortunately, you can go to both at the same time. Yeah, and, and it has been made clear by various uh, U.S. defense analysts that I monitor and watch on 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 some programs. Uh, you know, this country is not geared up for a multifaceted. Uh, I won't say war; that's too strong, but situation around the world. We used to. 
but we're, we're no longer in that situation. So uh, we have to pick some spots uh, there. But uh, boy, as a history major, Chip, you're, it's not usually a good sign. You think talking to each other countries is a good sign, but you've got the German, new German chancellor going to meet with Biden today at the White House. You have French leader Macron uh, in 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 Moscow today, and then going to Ukraine tomorrow, uh, you know, basically to defuse the uh, Ukraine situation. And other officials are going around the world uh, meeting. I think they're informing of you know what their intelligence is telling them. Yeah, uh, very troubling. One of the happenings over the weekend was that China and and Russia basically revealed their their view of a new world order right yes uh they on the one side they say that they'll they'll uh you know continue the uh structure after world war ii but they more than signaled that there's spheres of influence from both mm -hmm. countries are going to be paramount in their judgment and that's what what it's been dubbed a new world order. I think we're 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 seeing it un, uh, unwind here over uh, over the past year and over the future uh, uh, years. Uh, you know, you know, G is making a power play as well, and we know Putin. You know, Putin is uh, uh, also. You know, um, the part of their plans include efforts to build up their countries, but those plans also include efforts to drag down the United States. Uh, and yeah, it's stated. Yeah, with Putin's energy supplies, China, you know, they announced the big energy package, but I don't think if if uh, if Putin does indeed go into Ukraine, uh, however fashion, uh, I don't think China alone uh, can provide the economic backstop for Russia. Uh, at least that's what experts are telling me. They'll help in a big way. We're, we're beginning to see the the the, the split, uh, Chip, not total between the uh, uh, Asia and the uh, and the U.S. and, and the Western world. And uh, we're going to have years of having to build up uh, our economy relative to the chip system, uh, you know, precious minerals that we've talked about. Uh, you, 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 and, and, you know, that's actually needed anyway. We got way too global uh, in, 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 in our viewpoint. And what we're seeing some... Do, uh, I would say some of the downsides of globalization right now, this yeah. uh, just to arrive at uh, your know, situation, we're going to have to work ourselves out of that and it'll take a few years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you said Russia into Ukraine in however fashion, is there still a diplomatic Avenue path? I think there is for, for, for Putin and, and uh, Zelensky. Yeah, some of the information coming out from uh, you, you know U.S. intelligence briefings, Chip, uh, signaled that they're trying to find a way for Putin to uh, get the off ramp here uh, by some of the by, by uh, giving him some things that he can uh, announce from his side, you know, domestically, that he, he got some of the things that he wanted. At least that's the hope from the U.S. and Western allies side. But the, the meeting with Germany today, uh, you, you know, Germany's chancellor, uh, you, you know, Schultz, is going to be interesting because they've been reticent to deal directly in putting, you know, military equipment into Ukraine. They're, they're mainly putting more, uh, you know, military and aid to Lithuania, that, that's another hotspot or, you know, growing hotspot. So 
but yeah, there's always room for diplomacy, but you can see the U.S. side is hedged either way. Uh, where Sullivan, the uh, intelligence person for the Biden administration, said on the weekend news shows uh, that uh, the invasion could happen any day. So it's just an overhang in the market, the uncertainty. Traders on the one side are are looking at the bullish information that we talked about earlier, but on the other side are uh, are looking at the, uh, you know, some of the wild cards. Okay. Yeah, Francis Macron making the trip to to Russia and then to on to Ukraine almost feels like he's going to be carrying a message of some sort. It could be. It could be. Now he's been one of the ones early on that that, that was hopeful for a you know diplomatic solution right. to this. So so right. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and he's facing a tough election. This uh, Macron is facing a a tough election this fall as well. So yeah, well, uh, uh, the huh. at le- you know Biden's numbers may be low, but they're not as low as the twenty four percent of Boris Johnson. That that's even below the Kamala Harris. <laughs> you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, couple of things from last week, Jim. That I want to make sure that we touch on before we move forward. Uh, there was a farm bill hearing last week and there's going to be more coming up. Yeah. And we, yeah, we're going to have a big one with Robert Bonney from USDA, the climate mm-hmm. czar, if you will, for, you know, USDA. Now the Republicans may pinpoint him as saying uh, they want some more details out. And uh, uh, the day before a hearing, it, it's always interesting uh, to me, Chip, you have Vilsack going to announce uh a billion dollar program, uh, climate practices, things yep. like that, where they're tapping the commodity credit corporation. I think he's in, uh, I think Jefferson city, Missouri, he's going to yeah. be announcing more later this week. They'll, <clears throat> they'll probably ask him uh, about that. But you know, I, I give a lot of speeches as you do, and I'm going out this week as well. A number of farmers have asked me recently, what about the future of used farm equipment and I'm uh, and I'm not machine repeat here okay <laughs> but they're thinking what what's the vulnerability for all this older used equipment that's still out there will will the government ca- come at them relative to carbon mitigation I, I I'm starting to get that question I don't think that they want to take that on but that is a question out there that I'm uh, I'm getting from producers. Boy, I tell you what, you think Canada's dealing with a revolt from the truckers trying to take away the old tractors from U.S. farmers. Yes, absolutely. You know, the first question I ask any farmer, whatever age, and I I love to ask the older producers, uh, what was the first tractor you ever drove? And within a nanosecond, they have the make and model number. 77 Oliver. (laughs) Yes, see there. (laughs) So, yeah, that's and I'm telling I can't tell them 100 percent, but I think they're going to be so busy in carbon mitigation implementation that they're not going to want to deal with that. And I also hear now this is one for a a, a possible message to Republicans. Uh, A number of farmers have come up to me and also said, you know, I keep hearing Vilsack and others say uh, uh, the next revenue stream. Uh, uh, in agriculture could be this carbon mitigation. Let's not be too negative on this. And, you know, because they can see some legacy funding, you know, payments for all those people who didn't know till 
uh, and, and other aspects. Already. Yes, and and the uh, still unveiled uh, you know carbon mitigation programs. And I think that's a fair point. You know that they put in in the to be renamed and revised Build Back Better program. Uh, wow. over $20 billion in conservation. So there's a pot of money here. So I, I think there should be at least a level perspective of, you know, let's see the game plan here. Well, okay, I'm going to break out one of the concerns that I've got about carbon issues and uh, and government payments. We've been talking so much about is the government going to, is USDA going to be involved as a market maker in the carbon markets? I think what they're probably going to do, and and it wouldn't surprise me a bit if if this is written into foreign policy somehow, some way, is if you're not participating, you're not going to be eligible for any government payments. Ooh, that that there's <laughs> they they would get pushed back. I know from the Republicans in in Congress on that one, but there will be efforts in that way. You darn right. The, the carrot and the stick. That's the yep. old approach to any any type of policy. And I yep. have been hearing, Chip, that the, I don't know whether you've heard the phrase green financing. Yeah, oh yeah. When this thing's go, they, there could be a directive to banks that they would get an incentive, if you will, uh, uh, some type of payment to reduce the interest rate for farmers and producers and, and livestock producers if they have best practices, if you will. Right. That, that's another uh, thing. So I would watch that as, as this thing unfolds. We need to see details. And, yeah. I, I, and, and even Vilsack says that. And that's what's, what's part of these pilot projects he's going to start unveiling, perhaps as soon as today, that we're going to begin to see some of the features of how this program could look in the future. Yeah, they'll continue to bill it as incentives to participate in the green movement. But in reality, they're a punishment for not. Yeah, it's a backdoor approach to control. Yeah. Control yeah, Something that we got to watch. Okay, um, if you want to participate in the conversation, we'd sure love to have you do that. There is a comments tab on the right side of your screen. Just click on that. Should open up a dialogue box for you at the bottom of the page. And you can, you can send us your comments. Um, another thing from last week, very quickly, Jim, sure. is uh, the vote at NCBA convention, uh, National Cattlemen's Beef Association. The membership voted and the market committee voted to strengthen policy that that prevents NCBA from supporting mandated cash trade of any kind. That's It's setting up the Fisher-Grassley bill for a heated debate or I should say a more heated debate than what, uh, than what I think was anticipated. And it should be debated. And you know, it's that word mandate, Chip, we're seeing mm -hmm. it across relative to the mask and vaccines. And there's a groundswell now in this country and actually the world, you yeah. know, look at Canada, the demonstrations. Uh, uh, so I, I, yeah, I think unless, uh, the Grassley-Fisher approach is significantly modified. It's not going anywhere. Now, if they want to get steps uh, on this, I think everybody would go along with that. But when you have Farm Bureau and, and the biggest cattle producers uh, against the mandated cash, it's just not going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, real quickly here, Gary chimed in on here that 
referring back to what we were just talking about um, on the financing side, ag financing is going to come under ESG scoring. Could be scary stuff. That's the environmental, social, and governance. The environmental, social governance that uh, that we're watching there very closely. Okay, Jim. And then we have another one, Chip, uh, that oh. we can get into. You bet. Will there, will there be a push to use something similar to sustainable aviation fuel or SAF, higher blends or whatnot to power farm equipment? Uh, yes. Yeah. This this whole SAF. Now, I, I remember on um, on Pro Farmer, they, they commented on a private industry analysis saying this uh, – renewable diesel or SAF was being overhyped. But boy, the more I checked into it, I'm not quite so sure because again, that word incentives is going to come up. These well, these airlines, Delta, United, et cetera, are going to want, once this mitigation program really gets into uh, uh, effect, they're going to want to need some offsets. And if they get an incentive to utilize uh, SAF in fuel, of which they use a lot of jet, jet fuels. What, 18 billion gallons, I think, I looked in a year's time. That's yeah. a game changer if, if that goes. And I'll let you talk relative to the farm equipment end. Yeah, I think they probably will um, incentivize. I'll, I'll use that word right now. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a punishment yet but they probably will provide some sort of a tax incentive to use more of the renewable diesel versus um, even biodiesel in the process. So I don't know if we're going to, how quickly we'll get there, but I think we probably will. I'm working up a column right now for farm journal, Jim, and uh, I've got the, the, there's 10 new soybean crush facilities that no nine new facilities and one major expansion to an existing facility that by 2025 is going to bring on 400 million bushels of soybean crush capacity. Yeah. What do you think that's going to do in the market? Yeah. And you don't spend 250 to what? $300 million on some of these plants without a pretty good solid foundation of a market in the future. Well, and the, and in many cases, the, there, there's a refiner, a Phillips, a marathon, uh, uh, one of the traditional oil refiners is participating in the investment in these crush facilities. And they, in exchange of the investment, they're going to get 100% of the soybean oil that is produced from those facilities. Yes. You know, and this is it's why a different, it's a different structure than what it, ethanol was. It is a, a more widespread structure yeah. of, of support and, uh, you know, strange bedfellows, if you will. And this is why the Environmental Protection Agency, in their call for public comment on the latest uh, renewable fuel standard proposals asked for public comment on the food versus fuel debate relative to renewable diesel. That's that was uh, that was it wasn't written about a lot, Chip. But boy, that was an important thing for the EPA to to advance that yeah. argument because you knew it was coming. So I applaud them for at least raising it. But right. I don't know what they're going to deal with that. Right. Yeah. It. <laughs> You can ask the questions. You may not like the answers that they're going to get out of that because it's already shown up. It, I, it, the when you when you look at the rise in veg oil prices around the globe, there is already 
there it's already having an effect and it's not even and and the production of the renewable diesel and the uh, and the SAF and marine fuel and everything hasn't really even taken off yet and when it does <laughs> we need we need to double the amount of soybean oil that we're going to produce and we can't do that See, th this is where, remember on AgriTalk on Friday, we talked, me and you, I think you disagreed with me, that I think we're going into a, a higher range of prices for corn and soybeans. And I think this is one of the key yeah. building blocks yeah. for that, if, if it, it were to occur, if it were to occur. I get it. I get it. And I'm, it's not that I disagree. It's just that I won't say it. <laughs> I mean, 1995 taught me a lesson early on in my career, Jim. I am not going to say, oh, look at this. We've moved to a new and higher pricing plateau. Yes. It's, it's like a Farm it. Journal cover many years ago, have yields plateaued. Yeah. <laughs> you don't do those covers. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay. Um, what else this week? I mean, are we making much progress? on uh, the supply chain and the port congestion? Uh, in steps. But again, most of the business people, I say it's just uh, it, it's just going to take a while. And that means into er early next year, Chip. But pr some progress. I'm not going to poo-poo. We, we need some you know, better news. I'm not going to call it, you know, you know, good news for sure. But yeah, I, I think that they're learning some of the reasons behind and uh, Congress is, uh, is starting to get into the act of this competition bill, China competition bill. But I think that has its own problems once it gets to the Senate. So to answer your question, it's improving, but not near to the degree that we need. So let's see with warmer weather this spring, if that that's going to you know, loosen some things up, but we've got some pretty high shipping rates, uh, you know, going, uh, still yeah. going on out there in the trucking industry, uh, 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 et cetera. So uh, of course this week we have the WASDE report, the world supply and demand reports and, and the big focus on, uh, as, as we began with the, uh, you know, South American, uh, you know, crops, uh, traders, whatever USDA says on Brazil, I've talked to too many, whether USDA is right or not, they're going to lower it a couple million tons from what USDA announces. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, we pushed too hard to the downside last year, USDA did. They'll do it again. And they had to bring it back up. They'll do it again. But we've got some <laughs> weather coming up here, here, as you said, some in, in, entrenched, uh, entrenched weather uh, on that one. You know, a question I also want to point out, I do want to do a shout out. I was in for, uh, you know, Signal to Noise listeners, uh, met them in Vegas. They're from Wyoming, uh, Cindy Fulton, uh, Pidge and Cindy Fulton, Fulton Farms. Uh, their whole family was there, Chip, and they wanted to uh, uh, applaud what you and I have been doing, and I applaud them back for being listeners. And I asked if there was anything else we needed to do, and they said just keep it up, keep up the conversation. Cool. So, so that's good. And they also like the Farmer Forum on AgriTalk. That is a popular. Oh, good. Feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's a that's one of the highlights of the week for me on second half of the morning show on Wednesdays. That's. Um, that's a good time. Um, Jim, what else are you watching at USDA this week? 
Well, other than the crop reports, always the unveiling of the programs. We did get more information out late last week from Robert Bonney on the WIP Plus program, and they're they're rearing to go on the initial phase on the $750 million livestock portion. So so they're beginning to roll that out with the you know big payments to producers coming in. I think Vilsack told us uh, uh, in in you know you know sometime in in the spring. So that's an always key one because a lot of listeners out there are are always email me questions on on WIP two. I did get a number of questions also in my recent speeches on how many Democrats are really into this AOC ilk camp relative to the Bernie Sanders, uh, very liberal. And when I did some checking, it's only 11% chip of yeah. Democrats, but yet that's the, that's very the noisy. focus of the very noisy, very noisy, 11%. <laughs> so that's the perspective. You can be only 11%, but if you have that megaphone on Twitter or whatever, yep. uh, but I think it's beginning. We haven't heard so much from AOC lately. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You know, she's going out and campaigning for a number of lawmakers. The other thing I've noticed relative to the election, and my good friend David Wasserman from the Cook Political Report has pointed this out, the Democrats are flexing their muscles in what could have been a very negative situation for Democrats, what with redistricting. In you've New had, York. You've had court, in New York especially, oh. but you've had court battles that have turned uh, 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 against some of the initial uh, state drawings in, in Pennsylvania and other states that the Republicans could have gained some seats. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's, you know, it, it's going to be fought in the courts again, uh, you know, yeah. relative to the House. But this is a fundamental change, what's going on in our court system relative to redistricting. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, a deadline today for public comment on the Biden administration's plan to return to the pre- 2015 definition of the waters of the U.S. Yeah. Well, let's see what they're going to announce. Okay. We all, we already know what the public comments should be saying. We, we've been through what several uh, iterations of, uh, of this regulatory program. So I want to see how uh, onerous it gets again, because as I said before, we had a very uh, rigid program under President Obama. Then we had a farmer-friendly, quite flexible approach by the Trump administration. Now we'll probably get the mixture of the two in whatever the Biden administration announces. Okay. But we need to see it. And hopefully it'll come within the next few months, but th they're not put, putting a date on it, which again goes into, uh, I want to see the real, the real, uh, you know, verdicts of the EPA, you know, Michael Regan, uh, because his report card is still out uh, oh. be because of what he's done relative to the Man, RFS. He came, he came in as a preseason All-American. Yes. You know, I mean, the credentials were there. He was making all the right moves. He was contacting the right people, reaching out to industry leaders, and everything looked so good. And it's almost like he's gone dark well, and, and won't communicate any longer. It's shocking to me. He's a different Michael Regan that at least I saw when he was in the environmental section in the state of North Carolina, Chip, 
that at least suggests to me that uh, he could be being told uh, to go a certain way that uh, he didn't think when he took that job. That's my personal perspective. I can't 100% guarantee that. But the trend is not good because, uh, you know, you, uh, another question I get in my meetings, these chemicals, uh, what, what what's the future of all yeah. these chemicals that farmers uh, need and use? And the again, the verdict is still out. I think it's EPA's bias to get rid of a lot of them. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, $52.5 million paid by JBS USA in the uh, beef price fixing investigation is a settlement. We don't even know what they're settling, Jim. Yeah. We've I got nothing from DOJ. Maybe we'll get it out. I know that, uh, and, and I want to be clear on this, From, a, from I'm not a lawyer, but uh, usually the companies, and I think GB, you know, JBS in this case, they didn't acknowledge that they did anything wrong, but they're working with the Justice Department. Now, usually an initial firm that works with the Justice Department in a sensitive issue uh, gets a lower fine, if you will. And that's why some yeah. people looked at this and say, oh, this was way too low. You don't know what the, until we get an announcement from either one relative to further details, uh, what other information is being provided. So yes, right. we have not heard the end of the end of this story whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. They, they may have paid 52.5 million so that they didn't have to pay 525. Yes. As you know, it's almost like dealing with the CFTC when you've yep. been charged with something, even if you th think in your heart of hearts, you're right, the legal cost will eat you up. And so you settle. Uh, and, that's right. and that's what happens a lot with the Justice Department rulings as well. Okay. All right. Unless you've got any last items, I think we're going to wrap things up. I'm just looking at the latest uh, things. Those are all the questions. Again, thank you. Keep your comments coming in uh, either uh, when yeah. we're on the program or when we're off. And uh, I think we're going to be on Monday again. I, I think I'm back in town here. I'll be in Missouri at the Missouri Pork Producers. I'll be in California for the a curb meeting of, you know, crop insurance. And then I'll be in Fargo Friday and Saturday. I think I speak there Friday night uh, to a, 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 you know, a crop insurance firm. So gotcha. I'm going to be amongst them as well as you, but I'll be back the following week for Signal to Noise, Jim. Yep, I'll be traveling on Monday the 14th as well. Happy Valentine's Day, Jim. I probably <laughs> won't see you that day. Uh, that's all I need is more chocolate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Soybeans, 25 to 30 cents higher. Corn is 8 to 9 cents higher. Wheat is even trading to the upside. We've got another positive day going. Uh, hog market has just opened up. There's another market that we haven't talked a lot about, Jim, but it is making some big strides to the upside. And, and we and didn't talk about the, it today. the shocking jobs report uh, right. a Friday, Chip. You know, they changed, uh, the Department of Labor changed some of the uh, seasonal factors. So I think that was, that was added to a lot of the numbers that we saw. I'm not going to poo-poo a good report. It was far better than the so-called experts expected. And I did check into why the White House was so cautionary about yep. this. They feared this report. One of the private industry analysts that they 
used so much, I won't mention the name, was really cautioning the White House on this one. He was just wrong. So yep. that's why it wasn't that they that they wanted to fool the public. At least that's the information I got from some White House people. But that was a very shocking report. But it, it showed a number of cases where the wage rates are are at a, going way up and shows you the power of that worker right now that he has at, at this particular Absolutely. time. So I did want to mention that from last week. Yep, and we'll have uh, some CPI numbers coming out later this week. Yes, All right, sir. have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.